Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. It is time to get right with your money. Now, if you hear money talk and it makes you go, Ugh, no, I don't want to talk about it. What's the reason for that? Perhaps how you handle money and how you look at money might have a lot to do with what you learned from your parents. And if you're a parent, what are your kids learning from you? I am joined with Andy Frazier. She is an expert in behavioral finance and the Forbes book author of Financially Free, 11 Conversations to Have with Yourself About Life, money, and worth. Andi, let's get ready to change people's views about money. Don't you agree? I totally agree. Let's, let's get started. So what kinds of questions should people ask themselves when exploring how they were raised when it comes to how their parents approached money matters? Well, I think the first thing is to think about some of the phrases that maybe you heard your parents or other influential adults say as it relates to money. I know some of the phrases I heard were money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil. I think that's a really good place to kind of start, but it's important to go deeper than that and to think about some of the other ways that your parents talked about money. Perhaps they didn't talk at all about money, or they may have said things like, you can't have that, we can't afford that, or, you know, we don't have as much money as such and such does. Um, And so thinking about those that language, I guess, that your parents used around money, and then exploring how did you feel in the moment as a child when you heard those phrases? What came up for you, and what did you make those phrases mean to you about money? Now, what do you suggest that people do to change the narrative in their own family? Because a lot of those sayings I was raised with, I was often raised with, we can't afford that. Nope, we can't afford that. It's not in the budget. We can't afford that. And it did seem like, well, what can we afford? And we started working at a very young age, all of my sisters and I, and we learned very early on that if we wanted to get those extra things, we had to pay for it. And I think it put a a good work ethic in all of us. We've all gone off and done well with our college degrees and, and careers and everything. But I do wonder sometimes, was that wrong to teach us that, to constantly say, no, can't afford it. No, we don't have the money for it. Well, I think when you're exploring these phrases and exploring these feelings that you had, one of the things that, you know, the first thing is awareness, becoming aware of what those things were, and then asking yourself, how are those serving you now as an adult? 
Um, have they served you well, or are they impacting your ability to make smart financial decisions based on what you need and want to have in your life at the moment? You know, one of the things that I found so interesting to write in my book is I would interview siblings, and they were raised in the same family environment and conversations around money, but sometimes those siblings would make very different decisions as adults based on their upbringing, even though they were brought up in the same environment. And so I think it's important to ask yourself, you know, is this true for me now? And is this really helping me to think clearly and confidently about the financial decisions that I'm making as an adult? Yeah, it is interesting when you talk to siblings that have the same parents and how perhaps they view it. How do these behaviors influence a lot of us now as adults when we came to these these sayings or views of money that we learned when we were kids? Well, you mentioned a great one that I've heard over and over again about how your parents would say we can't afford it. And so your behavior might be to do one of two things. Either as you started to have money of your own, you might decide, well, now I can afford it or I'm going to buy things that I can. And so maybe you spend more than you are bringing in. Um, and that's where I find a lot of people kind of get trapped into this overspending because they want to prove that they're successful. They want to prove that they have money. On the other hand, people who grew up with I can't afford it, who went to work at an early age, who really learned the value of a dollar and and a work ethic, you know, are really great savers. And so it's really interesting to kind of look at that for yourself. And once you become aware of that background, you can start to say, am I bringing this forward into my adult decision making? And is it helping me? And is it time to break the pattern? Or is it something that's been beneficial that I can continue to, you know, teach my own children about? Well, and Andy, full transparency here, you hit on both of those happened with me early on when I graduated about 15 years ago. It was the first thing you said where it was like, okay, now I have some money. Now I'm going to spend this money and I'm going to spend it because I can, because I was told growing up, no, 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 no. Well, then I quickly learned, wait, this is a bad idea. And I had to kind of clean up that mess probably about seven, 10 years ago. And I'm on the other side of it where now I am like, budget keeper to the penny and that's not even an exaggeration so both happened Mm -hmm. in my case yeah and that's great that you acknowledged at some point that this isn't serving you and you made a decision to actively change that i think one of the most interesting things too about some of the phrases that we hear growing up is sometimes the phrases don't match with the behavior that we're seeing in our parents so our parents might say we can't afford it yet they seem to always be able to afford the things that they want to spend money on and that can create a interesting dynamic as a child to kind of say, what's going on here? You know, am I not worthy of them spending money on me? And so it can bring about some even deeper conversations that may even result in shame. Which is definitely something no parent wants their child to feel. Now, what are some of the steps that people can take to overcome these deeply ingrained habits and behaviors that are learned from our parents? Well, certainly after you become kind of aware of what those conversations were for you as a child, I suggest that you sit down and really think about what are your core values as an adult? What is meaningful to you, those things that are kind of those ride-or-die cornerstones that you live your life by? And then look to see, are your financial goals matching up to those values? And if they're not, then that's a conversation that you need to have with yourself about, am I setting goals based on things that I was told I needed to do or based on things that are really meaningful and important for me to accomplish for myself? 
And then as you start to develop an action plan, you want to anchor that to those values and goals. And what I find for so many people is that their list of goals or a list of a bunch of shoulds that has been given to them by other people. And that's why they're not really motivated to reach those goals is because they're not really personable to them. They're not, you know, meaningful to what they really want. So that's a really good way to start to kind of break the habit of doing things just because your parents told you you should do it. Yeah. And you have on your website, com, which we'll link up at 991themix.com. You have an assessment there for people to take where they can kind of start getting an idea of how, how they view money. Do you think that parents' financial behaviors that maybe our generation grew up with, does that play at all into some of the debt that's going on in America, some of the credit card debt, consumer debt? Absolutely. You know, one of the most interesting things is I find a lot of times when people were growing up in an environment where they didn't have a lot of material things and they weren't able to buy the things that they wanted, that when they do get to be an adult, they overspend. And it's not just because they have money. They think, now I have money, I can spend it. A lot of it is to make up for some of the shame that maybe they felt when they were children and they would go to school with hand-me-downs or you know, use items. And so they want to prove to the other people around them that they are successful. So they'll buy a car that maybe is not really one that they should buy, or maybe they'll buy material items such as go on vacations or buy clothes or try to present themselves as an image of being successful so they can prove their worthiness or their value. And that can really start to trap them into a financial spiral of debt and um, credit issues going on there that can really prevent them from getting ahead and starting to save and have money for their future. Well, and what I'm hearing from you and and reading about you in the last few weeks before we were going to talk about this, I kind of realized that this is so much about getting into the mental aspect of money and compare it almost to someone that is perhaps overweight and trying to lose weight. You can try all the fads. You can try the different apps. If you don't get down to the root of what's going on, you're just going to end up going back and repeating the same mistakes. And that's why what you're saying is so important to, I know you have on your website, breaking down the barriers that stand between people and money. And that's where it's important to really think about why am I spending like this? What am I getting out of this? Wouldn't you agree? For sure. And you know, what's interesting is I've been doing a lot of meetings lately. You know, we've had so much happen in this year and with the election coming up, I'm talking to a lot of my clients right now and a lot of what I do is talk about their emotions and their feelings and their anxiety around what's happening right now. And I think that has way more to do with somebody's ability to be successful financially because you can pick the best you know, portfolio manager under the sun, but if you find yourself watching the news and checking your accounts and making decisions based on you know what's happening in the news cycle of the day, it can really harm your ability to get successful over time. So really diving into that mental aspect will help you to start to separate out your decision-making in the right way and to be able to make logical and rational decisions that move you forward. What's one of the biggest mistakes that you see people make that maybe is easy and correctable if they could change right now? I think getting the control of spending in addition to getting control of saving. I, I tell people you can't just be a conscious saver. You also have to be a conscious spender. And what we do sometimes while we have our jobs and we're working is we have money coming in, and so we may spend it a little bit more freely. And then all of a sudden now when you enter in retirement and you're no longer having those person-at-work dollars, now the dollars that you've saved are the ones that are giving you your income. It's really hard to adjust your level of spending. And so when I talk to clients, 
I always ask them, well, you know, what is your burn rate? What is your spend rate? Because that's what we need to account for rather than just picking some abstract number, you know, to try, try to target for in the future. It's important to pay attention to both spending and saving. Yeah, because if you want to keep up with the lifestyle you had when you were working, you do have to think of how, how much are you putting out? That's really, yeah. that's a great takeaway, Andy. I love that. What should we be teaching our kids about money? And what do you think is the biggest mistake most parents are making in doing this? I think the biggest mistake may be to wait until they're a lot older, maybe in high school or college, to start talking to them about money. I have started talking to my kids at a very early age. Granted, I'm in the financial industry, so it's an easy thing for me to talk about with them. But I think you can actually start to teach children about money even as early as the ages of three and four. And I'm not suggesting that you teach them about how stock works at that age. But what you can do is when you go to the grocery store, you can say, okay, we have a budget of you know $50 that we're going to spend today, you know, and these are the things on our list and have them kind of start to help you, you know, look at the price and start, maybe they punch it into the calculator and they can get actively involved in some small decision making that's kind of going on and feel like they're a part of understanding how money works. And I also think it's so important for parents to watch their language and making sure that the language and the things that they're saying are matching up with actually their behavior. As I mentioned earlier, if you're saying one thing but doing another, children are going to pay attention to what you do far more than what you say. And that's going to be confusing. The message isn't going to be clear at all. Absolutely. This is all really helpful stuff, Andi. I appreciate you talking with me this morning. If you want more information and you want to take this assessment so you can start... Your financial journey, it's never too late to get started. Even if you feel like you're, you're deep in a hole, better to start now than make the hole even bigger. Visit com. That's A-N-D-E-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R, com. which, again, we will link up at 991themix.com. Andy, thank you for starting this conversation and for putting out your book and talking to people about this, because sometimes even with women, they don't talk a lot about money, but it's important for women to also have a hold on their money currently and for their future. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. It's such an important conversation. I'm glad to share it with your listeners. Andy Frazier, everyone. And I'd love to have you back on Fifty Shades of K. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Thank you. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.